Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Joey, and I'm here with Ross. Hi, Joey. And Tom. Hi. And Mike. Hey. And Mike, your last episode, I had some thoughts that I didn't finish thinking, and so I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a follow-up around the the role of kind of early childhood culture and and gender of the workforce, mm-hmm. I think, is sort of where where it is in my brain right now. And and then how that affects children, not just in isolation. And But... Uh, Tom, it was sort of your comments thinking about the environment and how the culture of early childhood has a lot of similar environments um, when you when you go and go from center to center and school to school and you sort of see a lot of similarities as if as if there's like a little handbook that everyone and there is a licensing guide to, to, to Mike's point in Minnesota, you know, certain right. centers you have to have, but the physical appearance and the aesthetics and those kinds of things tend tend to be very similar. And of course mm-hmm. some of it's just Pure capitalism. We're all ordering yeah, the same. The same catalogs three companies. And, yes, yeah. I mean, so there's, there's and they're all making the same kind of uh, right. Hubbies all, and right. Exactly. Things like yeah. That. yeah. So there's certainly that aspect of things as well. But it, what it really got me thinking was a question I had for you guys was because I know I've set up my environment from time to time and looked around and thought, oh gee, I just made a really nice space for people who you know, are me when I was three, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. which would be, you know, a little girl who likes to do art and you know that kind of thing. And so then I wondered if you guys have, and my room is very, very much of the norm in that, you know, and right. so it would be, right. so it's, I would sort of hit the standard, yeah, I yeah. would say, of the field. Yep. And I just wondered if you guys have ever experienced pushback in your workplace. Uh, it can be around anything, but I was specifically thinking about the environment, you know, if you right. set up your room and had people come in and say, well, that's, that's not right. Or where's your yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, just well, so I definitely, yeah. yeah. Thinking about felt like it, a fish out of water. My space was a little funky anyways. Cause it was this old, um, uh, well it had been like a corner store and then a dentist's office and then it became an early childhood center. So it just had little like funky rooms. So there's in my classroom, there's this one sort of other room where we just widened the doorway. So it was more of an entryway. So you could see it still just made the perfect, like, here's the living room. There's a couch mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And then around the corner was like a stove and refrigerator and things like that. And then along the wall going up the, st- then there's a loft right there going up the stairs are like capes and uh, props for more active pretend play, I guess I'd say. But so there's kind of an upstairs of the loft, down the stairs, sort of a kitchen area and then in like the living room. But that took up a lot of the classroom. And yet, you know, to me, that could get used for anything. But it was, like, not a an obvious house area, right? Because mm-hmm. the kitchen part did not look... It wasn't enough on it. What did you oh, call it for the children? If you The had pretend your... area. Okay. Um, and the pretend area was definitely, like... Like I said, it was a big area. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I had, like, a toy area and block area that were essentially one area. Because I did have one of the world's smallest classrooms. Yes. So that part was, like, together. But then this other part took up... You know, a third. So I think definitely people it, that didn't look right mm-hmm. in some so, ways. So I'm, you know, I challenged you guys about how, how the standardization of yes. classroom. And if I look back on my classroom, I think of it as fairly standard. I had a writing area, I had an art area, I had a sensory motor area, I had a housekeeping area, I had a block area. The one thing that I did have that a lot of people didn't have was the um, large motor area in the mm-hmm. classroom right. so the kids could always do it. Um, but otherwise, it was fairly conventional. Mm-hmm. But what happened in those areas was not so 
conventional because right. I didn't, I wasn't prescribing what do you do in a house area. Mm-hmm. So um, right, I right. remember the kids taking stuff from the house area into the large muscle area mm-hmm. into, yeah, and they were, they, they were going on a picnic. It was okay to move things and it sure. didn't make any difference who was playing there. Mm-hmm. The same with the sensory motor area. What happened there was probably not very conventional, even mm-hmm. though it was a conventional area. So space speaks to kids and what they can do, but it's also what you're allowing them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it might go back to the rules that I talked about a couple episodes ago. If you have too many rules and things can't move and right. flow in the classroom, I think you're really... Um, restricting not only the boys but the girls too. You know that reminds me. Um, I the one thing I had in that toy block area was um, we just called it the riser. Mm-hmm. So it's just like yeah, a four foot by that. one mm-hmm. foot chunk, and it would get moved. So part of it I think was that idea of that like oh if people want to build with blocks but other people are playing more rough, it's like the riser could just get pushed over. And on one side there's the block building and it's protected, and here on this side is people are going to walk right into this you know yeah. rough housing. Or sometimes the art area was the thing that got expanded out. So so objects moved and kids knew they could move objects. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that part is definitely part of it. I also know that my area was not cute. That's definitely something I wasn't good at. And it's not something that I cared about as a kid. There weren't pictures of it on Pinterest? There were no pictures. Yeah, mine was not <laughs> Pinterest worthy, except maybe like when the whole room is turned into a big, you know, the paper, where I cover the whole room the paint, in paper yeah, yeah. and paint. And other than that, and that's usually more of like the the horror show, not like, right. look how cute this is. <laughs> the entire room and children are covered in paint and teachers mm-hmm. are covered in paint. Oh, you could not use the word cute in my room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, and everybody I worked with knew that you could not use the word cute because, I mean, to me, that's a, that's a real gender thing, but. Um, say more. Uh, this is, well, this as is, I say, this is yeah. interesting because. Yeah. Well, if you're, I don't know, cute to me didn't really mean anything. I mean, maybe it was inviting, or maybe it was um, colorful. Uh, cute was just mm-hmm. kind of a nebulous kind of. I think I have to admit too. I think I have like definitely a cultural like my growing up. That I definitely like fit that. So so often male thing of like, well, no, cute is. I'm not going for cute yeah, either. Like which, mm-hmm. of course, when we talked last time about being open to all types of children, was I doing enough for the kids who were looking for cute? Probably mm-hmm. not. But for I me, I was never. <laughs> I, I still have a problem with cute. I mean, yeah. it's like um, what you what you want kids to do is be able to relate to what's in the classroom. So so oftentimes I will see a picture of a classroom and it looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But all I can think of is is that's the teacher, and right. and the teacher is going to say. Oh no! You can't do that because you're going to mess up everything. And right, right. This goes here. Everything has everything a, has its place, and we're going to put it in its place. In a, and that you know, and it's got to look really pretty mm-hmm. or cute. And mm-hmm. I don't. Cute also has this kind of feel to me, like um, uh, it's what you've bought. Because the, okay. what it's what is judgment. defined? What is what has been defined as cute? Yeah. Well. It's that it might be the flowers with the faces and the oh uh-huh. mm-hmm. that get tacked all over the place. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to try to jump in and, yeah. and organize all of these thoughts that are happening at the same time. I think. You want some ca- coffee with that? Oh man, you don't want that. That'll be, be a whole other episode. 
I think looking at the idea, as we're talking right now, I think it's interesting that of the three who've spoken, Joey, you've said you were aiming for cute, and then Mike and Tom have both said not cute. Well, I don't know that I'm aiming for cute, but I I, I achieve cute without trying. Exactly. So, But I think it's just, as we've talked to gender, as we've talked to environments... It's just you know it, there's but a very that, small and, it goes to and I can I can I'll expand on that you yeah, yeah. you talk but I, but I think there's that for for some I think probably more for males that there is this idea of it being it being a more feminine term mm-hmm. but I think the way that Tom sounds like you're talking about it, it's more of a superficial term that it there isn't substance to it there's mm-hmm. something that it's that we're trying to look at the invitations that are being yeah. created by the environment. And I think that's where I'm now that's where I'm kind of seeing this mm-hmm. idea of as they say in Reggio with the environment being the third teacher that you're wanting to create a space that reflects the children, that reflects the community you're part of, but it also creates the invitations to create because when we see those really amazing environments on Pinterest that do look aesthetically very pleasing they're very calming or whatever but there is that feeling of like no that's the parlor that you can just look don't touch right and the idea that when you set the rules of that can't go over here well now we're starting to limit the what the children are trying to explore and trying to make sense out of so if you're creating the environment with that third teacher mentality it's the idea that this is going to support and that the environment is yes, is needed. It shows that I think from the adults, it shows that we care about you, the children who are here. Does it? Do you have things that are at adult level that children need step stools to get to, or do you have things at children's level? There's so there's that idea. There's the idea that it's not about the environment. Going to school is about building relationships with people through the materials, that or it's about gaining new information through the use of these materials. It's not. So like you're idea, you know, yeah. using the riser, we're going to give you the spaces you need. So yeah, Mike, in your classroom, you we if you're only two people are building, well, we'll push this over here because right. these four want to wrestle. So we've got the space. Right. Um, so I think there's those pieces. But the one thing that I was really kind of wrestling with was my creation of environments was the idea of trying to have it be inviting. But my my reservation was it's not good enough. Or I'm not doing it well. So when that wasn't that it was my, I think that's where my teacher concern or I wanted reinforcement was the idea of like, is this okay? Is this good enough? Because it was my, and that's probably a whole nother episode about kind of our own kind of self-image and self-consciousness yeah. or kind of self-esteem as teachers and how right. we're doing our jobs. Who, who are you looking for validation from? From the children, from the teachers, from my from my co-teachers, from my administration, from the families, I needed, and that's again, this is a whole nother mm-hmm. thing about it being for who's this for? Yeah, yeah. And but I think that there can be a lot of other teachers who are like, but I want I want it to look cute, I want it to look inviting, I want because I want people to go that teacher, right. they know what they're now, doing. Now, did anyone call your room cute, or would you you so you would have been okay with someone calling the room cute? And I think I, I know did. Tom wouldn't. Well, and I think, and I think I was aiming for that in some ways. I wanted the the dramatic play area to look inviting and to be, and it's, it would, I think it would fall into that Pinterest kind of cute like right. hashtag because it looked like a little cozy home nook mm-hmm. that you could go to. Um, having a, you know the idea of aesthetics and having it play into it being a very welcoming space, mm-hmm. but I had it with the mindset more of yeah, that's men can have. People say things are aesthetically pleasing, yes, not right, not cute. But cute, it personally would have been fine with me. 
But what I was trying to have it feel like was that people walk in and when you walk into, I think the way the children walk into a forest where they're just like, mm. wow, look at all the cool things that could happen inside of here. Look at all the stories that are waiting rather than it being like, oh, look at you did and you got this. And because like, I wanted that at, at, a, at a surface level, but it, and it's always been, I think, I want children to go in and have that their sense of awe, their sense of joy, their sense of wonder, just that fan, those flames mm-hmm. just fanned intensely so they can be like, oh, but I, I can't wait to get back to this area and start building this, or I can't wait to start painting and creating. Right. right. And so I think that that was, that was always at the, the root of it. And I think that's now become more at the, at a conscious level that it's been the children walk in and go, wow, this is a space for me. And I get to kind of act out the stories or I get to kind of try out the new mm-hmm. information. Um, and I think that idea, I just wanted to add this one point, maybe we come back to it not, but when you were talking last episode about book reading and how it sets the environment, how we, if we label the dramatic play area, the home or the housekeeping, or yeah. that's the playhouse. Well, now it's, that's what it is. And it takes a lot more for children to go, yeah, but I'm playing firefighters. Or right, as we've right. been building monster truck houses <laughs> yeah. in our classroom out of the blocks. But if we call it the dramatic play, well, now it can be what you need it to be. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about my sensory motor area. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody write me once and he said, oh, can I come visit your classroom? This looks so cool. But all it was is duct tape and cardboard. Mm-hmm. So it really did not, you could not say it looked cute. Mm-hmm. In no no uncertain terms, but it was intriguing. Mm-hmm. It was inviting for the kids to operate on. It was a provocation. It was a it, it was a total provocation. In fact, I I remember a mother telling me well, her her two and a half year old was coming to school and she was saying, "I wonder what's in the in the sensory table." Mm-hmm. I mean, this so is higher order a thinking. Place of yeah. <clears throat> a yeah. place of wonder. A place of wonder, and it doesn't have to be cute. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would make. <laughs> yeah. I I had people who would take my, I, they would borrow my stuff and they'd have to they'd have to rearrange it and decorate it a little bit so it was acceptable. Well, for me, yeah, I think that of, drove me yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think of my pretend area and think about like I was good at like capes having hoses that would be used for firefighters and things. Mm-hmm. And I think what I wasn't as successful in was of having the. I finally figured out how to do this, but. You know, having like dresses where the kids are like, oh, that's the princess dress, you know, because we talk a lot about the rough and tumble play and it's important to emphasize that. But it's also important to like let the princesses be princesses, you know, mm-hmm. and, and let, the, let the princesses rough and tumble in their in their you know, that too, dresses. That too. But that also for the kids who don't want to, that they can be the princess and stand there and look like a princess, mm-hmm. or, you know, like yeah. that's yeah. important too. And and so for me, it was finding a Costco essentially in <laughs> November, like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, finding all the Around dresses. Halloween. Yeah, um, no, no, this one's more of the Christmas. It was like oh, okay. things that kids would wear for formal because Halloween's a one Halloween too except those ones don't last as long I have to I have to say I have have a a whole thing about other like dramatic play and dress up clothes but that's that's, so yeah so so I'm getting gender and dramatic play is another topic I think yeah so so let let you been really quiet and you started this out I know what are you what are you thinking I'm watching you and you're looks like your head is spinning this word cute is really yeah. um, hooking in my brain because in defense of my of myself, I think anyone who knows me probably wouldn't describe me as, as overly cute. However, I have a love of miniatures. Just mm-hmm. 
God, they make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why you play with, or you work with miniature people. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, like, and I think that it, it and it, the only, and this is not about my teaching, but like, it's because, it, like, it's because there's, the, cute is the word, right? Right. Yeah. right mm-hmm. you know, so there sure. are things like that that I, I know. Tom's shaking his head. But, you know, it doesn't fully make sense when you know the rest of me. But anyway, that's yeah. the, so, so there are things in my room that are, you know, like the dollhouse. And, you know, I, I actually enjoy organizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, this is who who put the toilet in the bedroom. You know, yeah. we're going to move. You know, like those, <laughs> you know, so there's there's that. Yeah. There's that. So I'll own a little. I'll own that a little bit. But, uh, but the thing that's really fascinating to me about Tom, you talking especially like, don't call me cute. Don't call my room cute, which is, which is fine. I actually don't think that if someone walked in my room and said it was cute, I would find it to be a great compliment because I don't, I agree that the word doesn't describe. It reminds me of good job or something. It doesn't describe much, yeah. right? It does, it, you know, right. it, well, what happens here? What, what do you know about children? What do you, you know, that I, I agree that it's not a very helpful term in describing a classroom environment or it doesn't feel like a big compliment. But what I think is really interesting just in hearing you talk about it is, is, where cute gets my hackles up is um, like, oh, oh, you're a preschool teacher. That's cute. Oh. Mm. And I feel like that. So like yeah. the echo of that for me is that that's sort of how I feel like kind of our whole profession. Going back to the devaluing conversation. Going back to the devaluing the conversation. And then, and can then be a can be a devaluer. And then, and then, yeah. Admire, and then to throw so. that gender layer into, into the, into the mm-hmm. value conversation. So I just think it's particularly interesting that here I'm sitting with three men who, 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 who get that, like, mm-hmm. right? Who, like, you know, like, well, cute is not a word I want right. to be described as, or I want my profession to be described as, or I want my uh, work Let me back up. I don't mind as. being described as cute. Okay. It's my <laughs> classroom I don't want to describe as cute. Okay. So. Anyway, so, so that's where, that's the, that's where my brain just kind of, like, went with, when you, especially when you were talking, Tom, just like, yeah, don't, what, that's, that's right. not, that's not going to make me feel valued. And that, so then I also think it's not going to make children feel valued. We don't, we certainly don't want to, Right. Oh, don't you look cute today? Or didn't right. you make a cute picture? I mean, again, now we're going off on the word cute, but I think I think there's a right. There's but a there lot is of something about it's just there. it's superficial. Is the word you yeah. use? I think that's yeah. it. Of no, like, you used it. That was or good. you used it. Yeah, yeah. we're pointing around. That was to me, Ross, the <laughs> co-host of Teaching with Body and Mind. I made that brilliant statement. Um, so, so yeah. So I just think that's that's. I just think that's it is an interesting reflection of of, the, of our of our work culture. Yeah. It is, and I think that's the. Again, getting back to the substance, getting back to the value versus devaluing. And I think this it's similar when people are like, Oh, you teach preschool? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but it's more like, whoa, because of how important this time frame is. If right. people were to right. to have that mindset right. of like to see the value that's really going on. So I think it's it's the wanting people to I want it to grow. I want people more people to take have a general requirement to take a child development course so you can go oh <laughs> this is what it's all about not to mention okay. like you know all the pee poop and snot most people would go the other way but right. we go to that child because right? you know so we are the ones who are <laughs> because we care and lines. because legally we have to but <laughs> and that's not cute I mean, and it's <laughs> not after four in a row oh my god it's no that's a whole again the whole episode but we did uh, that episode we did <laughs> but no, I was just saying. I think it's the it's there. There is that kind of going back to where this kind of came from, the environment and the gendered kind of part to it. I think that Tom, your one thing that was also sticking out as Joy, you were talking, where you were saying the decorating, uh-huh. and again, I think that if we walk into the 
exhibit hall at the national convention or at the local you know convention and at the conferences and seeing yeah. how much cute stuff there is in there or how much decor or how much not like and but it's busy it's very busy it's yeah. not looking again if we're going back from an aesthetic it's like walking into what i would imagine you know the inside of a uh I guess a clown house, like a clown's head, brain. you know, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just so much color and movement. I, I, and I wish that the the facial expression you made when Ross brought that up, that people could see. Could it. see and I want to see the visual of what you had inside <laughs> there because it was amazing. But I think it's the idea that there's what is being kind of termed as cute. Like we're gonna, it's gonna be decor. It's gonna, it's gonna just make it feel. And then we're again we're distracting from the materials themselves, these which you could have rich, open-ended materials that can create all kinds of stories, which then also build such great, deep, meaningful relationships between the children, between the, the adults and the children, the children themselves. But we're distracting with all of, like the sock monkey. That was right, the one that right. did it for me, it was when I saw the sock monkey sock monkey pack that you could buy with your board toppers and your oh, bulletin yeah. board things and the months of the year with the sock monkey doing right. different poses and I was just like who cares it was interesting when you brought up the word cute because the the person I first heard mention this is a or was a professor at Augsburg I don't know if he still is and I only know his first name was Joe I forgot his last name but because it was another guy who just said he always told his students don't show me activities you're planning for your classrooms and tell me you're doing it because it's cute it's like, by definition, it's with young children. It will be cute. Yeah. Like, they will make it cute. <laughs> For sure. So then tell me why you're doing it. You know, and I just thought it was an right. interesting thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with cute, but it's not right. enough on its own. And it shouldn't right. be like the stuff you're talking about. It's like purchasing stuff just for its cuteness, not for, well, is this making children feel like they're at home? At the right. risk. Is this. Right. At the risk of making the conversation go on too long. I, I do want to wrap it up. It's, it's, I have to say out loud that I remember a course in my graduate program where I was required and on my paper 10 standard portfolio, oh, yeah. I was required to have a theme and that meant mm -hmm. a cute visual. And it was a requirement. That's just for an L ed class. But anyway, so mm -hmm. clearly we've, we've, um, we've, we've opened something up with this conversation yeah. around cute. Um, and, and I do, and I think there's gender in there. Well, yeah. I, think I think it goes back there. Why does it, education culture in why there. at a collegiate level was yeah. that a requirement uh -huh. and where was that coming uh -huh. from? Uh-huh. Yes. Years of tradition. So mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to wrap it up here and say thanks. Cause that was really, uh, for me, a really fascinating conversation. <laughs> and thanks. it wasn't cute. <laughs> it was good. It was, that's right. That was a hardcore hard solid. Hard. Nothing there cute about it. No miniatures in this room. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys. I do get a little riled. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.